The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Tuesday morning to you, December 5th. December 5th, excuse me, December 12th, 7 a.m. Brenda and Pat with you on the Morning Blend. Thank you so much for tuning in on this beautiful feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Good morning, Pat. Boy, I had to do a double take there. I'm I, not I, sure I, why that <laughs> happened. Because <laughs> I'm all ready to celebrate the feast of Our Lady today. So I was driving in this morning in a good amount of fog. It, on the north side of the river, we had it out. But Patrick, I am looking at you in our studio right here on Sylvan Hill. And just past your shoulder, I can see the sun rising. I, can I think see we're going to have sunlight. a beautiful day to celebrate. Oh, she wants us to have a gorgeous day in celebration of her, of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Patrick, when we were just preparing to open, you said something incredible. I had read this statistic before. I don't think people realize this, though. What did you read about the shrine? So the shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe in Mexico City is the most visited shrine in the world, surpassing even Vatican City and an estimated 12.5 million people uh, visited just in December of last year. In one month alone. In one month, in December of 2022, there were 12.5 million pilgrims at Our Lady of Guadalupe Shrine in Mexico City. Wow. That is incredible. That is a lot of people. I can imagine the celebration going on there right now. They are up early. They are singing to Our Lady, welcoming the the morning and welcoming Our Lady to that shrine. And there are celebrations going on all over the area today. I know uh, Deb went to, uh, I believe, uh, Holy uh, Cross Parish up in North Portland. They're having a big celebration, but they're going on everywhere. So that's right. The Grotto too. Feast day. Yeah, the Grotto too. So here's what I love about this feast day, and and I noticed this too because I went to Immaculate Conception Mass last week and i went down the hill over to uh, saint pius x when it comes to our lady of guadalupe and the hispanic community that celebrate her they don't just put out a bouquet of roses (laughs) they cover the area with roses they don't have just you know a a life-size image of the tilma they've got one that is you know 50 feet tall they just they do it in overabundance kind of the way that i think maybe at least for my hispanic family that's kind of the way we do all things just- this, this is the way i grew up too brenda i grew up and emerged in this culture and and i just it, it's such a joyful celebration and, and and it's you know kind of that that little spot in the middle of advent uh that's a penitential season in and of itself but just kind of break away and celebrate because you know what's coming you know christmas is around the corner and that just kind of feeds into it, it it's just amazing and we usually eat pretty well on, oh, on, on of this course. day too so there is not <laughs> a celebration i think within the hispanic community that is not welcoming just foods of the season of course right now being the christmas time of season in fact and i've been reading a lot on this tamales Mm. are one of those things that families get together and i'm been must have been watching them because it seems like everything that i look at now on social media somehow that algorithm knows that i might be thinking (laughs) about tamales because i get lots of like how to or best practices to make tamales i am much better at eating them 
than I am at making them. They're difficult to make, but uh, if you, it's an art. It really yes. is an art because of the masa preparation, the stuffing, and then, of course, putting them in the corn husk. There is a real technique and an art to it, and if you get it wrong, it's a mess. Certainly is. So <laughs> fortunate for me, when my mom came up at Thanksgiving time, she brought with her a few dozen tamales. So I've got a package of tamales in my freezer at home. Ooh. So I'm pretty sure those were going to be making their way Share the love, onto the table. I'll I'm going to bring you something special in the morning for sure. So anyway, what a beautiful day to celebrate. Yesterday, Patrick, I was—I told you I was very excited that everything on my mind that I wanted to get done at home got done. That's I'm amazing. Like, I'm going to set forward to it. So that way today, I think I can ease up and just really be present and celebrate this beautiful feast day. Well, you'd be proud of me. I was able to watch two football games at the same time last night. <laughs> How did you manage that? <laughs> picture in picture. Picture in picture. That's it. So, well, we're going to get an update on sports for sure. What else today? Well, we have got a very special Tech Tuesday. Sarah Kinsey will be in later this morning, and we have not just one, but two family sets of tickets of six to go to the Grotto's Christmas Festival of Lights. Now, this is just to go online. So you can still get registered. We'll have the drawing live on the air coming up uh, about 8.40 this morning. So you can still go to our Facebook account or Instagram account for Modern Day Radio and get all signed up and you can still have a chance for you to win. So we won't be giving away the tickets via the traditional mean of the phone today. It's going to be just for our electronic friends. So go online to uh, the Modern Day Radio Facebook page or Instagram page and get all signed up. And at 8.40 this morning you could be the winner with our digital disciple sarah kinsey who will be here wow all right so we've got a great show ahead we're going to get it started now with marie miller and two to one you are listening to the morning blend right here at mater day radio the bridge between your faith and everyday life
to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary on this feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe. That is Marie Miller and 2 to 1. 709, it's the Morning Blend with Brenda and Pat. And when we come back, Ashley Mishike joins us to give us some good financial advice. When is it time to stop working? Ashley will tell you all about that after we check the beautiful weather forecast next. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Day Radio and Father Robert Barcelos in prayer with the morning offering. A morning prayer written by St. Therese. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O my God, I offer Thee all my actions of this day for the intentions and for the glory of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. I desire to sanctify every beat of my heart, my every thought, my simplest works, by uniting them to his infinite merits. And I wish to make reparation for my sins by casting them into the furnace of his merciful love. O my God, I ask of thee for myself and for those whom I hold dear, the grace to fulfill perfectly thy holy will, to accept for love of thee the joys and sorrows of this passing life, so that we may one day be united together in heaven for all eternity. Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. Hello, Bill Lemire here from the Labore Society. Did you know that Labore has now rescued close to 400 Catholic vocations from the barrier of student loan debt? Labore envisions a culture where vocations to priesthood and religious life will never be lost to student loan debt. Our vision, of course, depends on the generosity of devoted Catholics like you. Please visit rescuevocations.org to learn how you can help us strengthen the future of the Catholic Church. Monterey Radio wants to put your family in the middle of all the fun at the Grotto's Christmas Festival of Lights. Make plans now to be a part of the largest Christmas choral festival in the world with captivating performances from the Pacific Northwest's finest choirs. There's also continuous entertainment in the Grotto's Plaza with outdoor caroling, puppet shows, holiday shopping in the Grotto gift shop, and of course, more than two million dazzling lights. Stay on top of all of the Christmas Festival of Lights activities with the Morning Blend on Monterey Radio. 
each day will keep you updated on the latest event developments, including behind-the-scenes interviews, the nightly choir schedule, and chances to win tickets for your family to join in all the excitement. Don't miss the Grotto's Christmas Festival of Lights now through December 30th, and keep up with all the fun on Monterey Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And it's the Morning Blend with Brenda and Pat, 712, and what a day we've got going. The sun coming up, it looks wonderful. Sunny this afternoon, high 48, a little breezy. The wind could kick up to about 25 miles an hour. Partly cloudy tonight with a low of 39. Then the clouds roll back in tomorrow and the rain back in the forecast for tomorrow night. So live it up today because it's going to be a beautiful day. Currently, it is still a chilly 39 degrees at St. Mary's of Guadalupe in Ridgefield. And it is 40 degrees at Christ the King in Milwaukee. Well, you've spent all your adult life working, and now you want to enjoy the fruit of that labor. But how do you know when it's a good time to stop working? Ashley Mishike is the CEO at True North Retirement Advisors and says, well, there's many factors to consider. Hello, Ashley. Thanks for joining us today. So beyond financial, what are the important things to consider? Yeah, good question. Well, financial, yes, I would say that's number one, but I'm pretty biased because I look at all things through the financial lens. Sure. But um, yeah, you know, a lot of people will... Um, uh, you know, health reasons or other factors, maybe some of which is outside of their control. I know my mother-in-law ended up retiring when she had her first grandbaby that she wanted to take care of. So that to me, outside of financial factors, is is probably the biggest sign that you're ready to retire is that there's something else better or greater than work that is pulling you in a different direction. So for my mother-in-law, it was grandkids and wanting to um, be with them and take care of them. But it could be other factors too. But I find that when my clients are the most ready or they, they really feel like they're ready, it's not necessarily because they've crunched all the numbers and they're, they've made sure that they have uh, everything's taken care of, but simply that they're just pulled in this other direction and they've been pulled in that direction for long enough that they feel like, okay, now is the time and I want to enjoy the years while I'm still healthy while I can still be active, and I don't want to make the mistake of working too long. So, yeah, there's just a lot of factors, and, and there's no one right or wrong answer for everybody. But, um, yeah, that's I think that's why it's so challenging to make that decision is because there's just not, you know, a hard and fast rule about, okay, when you've checked all these items off, now you can retire. Right. Well, Ashley, when you're working with one of your clients, what are kind of the the checklists that you do go through? Like, okay, so this is the desire. And I can appreciate how you said about, you know, wanting to retire and take care of grandchildren. I have my first grandchild. I can see the appeal in that. So, okay, if that's the, the goal then, so what are the, the kind of the steps that you have to kind of get through to reach that goal? Can it be like, you know, this is what I want to do. And so here's all the bases that I got to cover in order to get there. Yes. So going back to the financial factors, that that's really important. You know, you don't want to retire prematurely and then uh, risk running out of money or have to drastically reduce your lifestyle um, and just not have the financial resources to be confident that, you know, in retirement. So 
Um, obviously, making sure you have enough money to retire, but there are other factors related to financial too. So making sure that you uh, kind of line out, you don't have to be really specific down to the dollar, but have a general idea of your spending and what your budget is going to look like in retirement um, so that you know, okay, well, Social Security, I'm going to spend X and Social Security and other income sources are going to uh, you know, cover a certain amount, and then maybe I'll have to take X number of dollars out of my investment portfolio. And so we want to make sure that that's all sustainable, and you can do that for 20, 25, 30 years in retirement without running out of money. Um, and then another financial consideration is health care costs. Uh, I know quite a few people, my own clients included, who don't really understand what their health care costs are going to look like until they retire. and it's a big shock for a lot of people, especially if you retire earlier than 65, which is when Medicare kicks in. Um, but even people who retire after 65 with Medicare, they don't realize how much they're still paying out of pocket um, in most cases. So, um, And then another financial consideration is that if, if possible, we want to pay off all debts. So if you have a mortgage, ideally, if you can pay that off before you retire, you get rid of uh, probably your largest bill and your largest expense, um, but other debts too, you know, credit card or um, other, you know, maybe you have a home equity line of credit or something like that. But if you can eliminate to the extent possible all debts and and also boost your emergency savings and take care of all of those things financially, then you're going to be in a really good position when you finally decide to retire. Ashley Mishikay is the CEO of True North Retirement Advisors, joining us today with some ideas and tips on how to get the most out of the time that you want to quit working. Ashley, just listening to you talk there, I guess there is a big difference, though, between when you want to stop working versus retirement, because you might be at a long time job and you're ready to retire, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be done working. You might be ready to take on a, a whole new project. So, I mean, again, those are all things to consider because retirement and not working anymore, not exactly the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. And I have quite a few clients who will retire from their full-time career, but I have one client in particular I'm thinking of, uh, he works, he loves gardening and he works at a garden center. <laughs> uh, I have another client who loves to golf and he's a marshal at a golf course and um, you know, there, there's a lot of things you can do. It's sort of like downshifting and uh, because there are a lot of benefits to continuing to work. But I know a lot of uh, people have very stressful jobs or jobs that they don't enjoy. Mm -hmm. Maybe they used to, but not anymore. And it's wearing on them. You know, the last thing you want to do is, is be in a job well into your retirement years when you're stressed out all the time and it's weighing on your health and you know, it's just not worth it. And so a lot of people, you know, they want to sort of escape the career that they're in, but you want to be careful. I have clients who sometimes will make this mistake as well. They, they, for whatever reason, they want to get out of the job that they're in or the career that they're in. And so they think retirement is the answer. Like that's going to make them happy. They're not going to be miserable anymore, but usually the grass isn't always greener on the other side. And so okay. you have to be careful that, you know, you're not, you're retiring to something or you're going to a different career that's exciting to you or downshifting. And that that's 
uh, rewarding and meaningful to you rather than just trying to escape a bad career that is making you miserable. Ashley, you mentioned in uh, the beginning of our interview that sometimes the reason why a person has to stop working is due to health. And I recently actually know a, a good a family friend of ours where before his retirement age, he's not even at, at 62 yet, and due to health reasons, has to retire. So how do people plan early on for the possibility of yeah, things may not look like they had envisioned in their retirement. And, uh, you know, how do you work through something like a health condition that's forcing you to quit working before you're ready to retire? Yeah, that's so tough. And actually, it's so common. It, uh, people who retire earlier than they planned, the number one reason why is for health reasons. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, it may not always be their health. It could be uh, a spouse gets sick or Maybe they have, they're taking care of uh, a parent or a child who has a medical issue. So there, you know, there's a variety of health reasons why someone might retire earlier than they planned. Um, and that's the, that's the most challenging because if you financially, maybe you needed to work another three or four years, but that three to four years is, it can make a big difference long term. And so, you know, the, the tough answer to that is, is that the, the way to set yourself up so that you could retire earlier than planned is just to save as much and as early as possible and be consistent with that throughout your working life so that you do have the flexibility if you need to stop working at, you know, 58 instead of 62 or 65, you could do that and be okay. But, you know, that advice works when you're in your 20s and 30s, but it's tough when you're in your 50s or 60s, and now you're faced with that problem. Oh, no doubt. And who in their 20s and, you know, maybe in your 30s, you start to think about it. But really, when you're 20s, do you really think about a fallback plan in case I can't retire 40 years down the line? Yeah, that's going to be a tough sell. But it's important to think about it. And it's important for people to always ready to be open for the the help and the possibility of what comes down the line. So Ashley, thanks so much. Always so much that uh, you have to offer. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Brenda. 722 at Mater Day Radio, building the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And it is a Tech Tuesday. In addition to being the feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe, we are celebrating. And Sarah Kinsey is going to join us at 840 this morning for a drawing of not one, but two sets of family passes to the Grotto's Christmas Festival of Lights. We're talking about six tickets, 12 in all. And to get yours, go online right now to visit Mater Day Radio. Radio's Facebook page or our Instagram page, and we'll be giving those away 8:40 this morning, so you can go on and register and get set to be in the middle of all the fun. It's the Christmas Festival of Lights going on at the Grotto, and we want you to be there with Mater Day Radio. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Jesus knew what he was talking about. 
God's commandments to love one another are not always easy to follow, often as challenging as a camel going through the eye of a needle. It's not easy forgiving our loved ones or coworkers sometimes. Human relations get complicated. Words get said that cannot be taken back. Egos get involved as hurts run deeper. Getting out of these messes is hard, harder than a camel going through the eye of a needle. But Jesus offers us up a solution. With God, all things are possible. So when we take our struggles to God in prayer and seek the counsel and help of God through the Holy Spirit, small opportunities will appear, like the eye of a needle. Possibilities, small openings, will be provided by God. This has been a bit of Catholic encouragement from Michael Gisandi. This is Dina Marie, host of The Voice of the Shepherd, inviting you to join me on my weekly podcast, Faith Moments with Dina Marie, where I proclaim and ponder the Sunday Mass readings, a perfect way to enhance your study of sacred scripture. My Faith Moments podcast is found on your favorite podcast platform or on the Hail Mary Media app. It's easy to download and absolutely free. Check it out today. The Faith Moments with Dina Marie podcast made available thanks to Matrday Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Morning Blend, brewed in the Pacific Northwest, guaranteed fresh every day on Matrday Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. 726 at Matrday Radio, The Morning Blend with Brenda and Pat, and the FBI is investigating several bomb threats made to Oregon schools and houses of worship. We've got details on that disturbing story just ahead. And the Cathedral of Notre Dame in Paris is exactly one year away from its grand rededication. Such a big celebration, some already getting a little nervous. They want to perform well. I'll tell you about it coming up in three minutes. Here's beautiful Advent music for you now from Matt Marr. Glory, let there be peace. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
Beautiful Advent music from Matt Marr. Glory, let there be peace. It is 7.30 right here at Mater Day Radio. The FBI is investigating several bomb threats made to rural Oregon schools on Monday. The affected districts were Colton, Corbett, Central Lynn, Cascade, and Arlington. The FBI is aware of several threatening email messages that were recently sent to various Oregon schools, airports, and houses of worship, according to Karen Ramsey, special agent in charge with the FBI. While the FBI has no information to indicate these threats are credible at this time, public safety agencies can never simply discount such threats as a mere nuisance. Two Portland-area synagogues were also targets, according to the Jewish Federation of Greater Portland. Congregations Neva Shalom and Beth Israel received email threats on Monday. Portland police cleared both buildings and deemed the threat not credible, according to Regional Security Director Jessica Anderson. When flames tore into Notre Dame in Paris in 2019, people who worked in the cathedral felt orphaned. But as the world-famous Paris landmark reopening draws closer, they're beginning to picture their return to a place they'll call home and impatient to breathe life back into its repaired stonework and vast spaces. The restoration of Notre Dame hit a milestone last Friday, exactly one year until the cathedral reopens its huge doors to the public on December 8th, 2024. French President Emmanuel Macron will don a hard hat and tour the fenced-off reconstruction site where stonemasons, carpenters, and hundreds of other artisans are hammering away to meet the 12-month deadline. When their job is done, they will hand over to Notre Dame's priests, employees, choirists, and worshipers. Now, the preparation for the reopening are incredible, and Henry Chalet, the principal choir conductor, already has butterflies at the thought. On one hand, he tells himself that in the 850-plus-year history of Notre Dame, its closure is just a blip, and he needs to be patient a little longer. But for a human life, he says, five years is very long. And unfortunately, in 850 years, it fell on us. It seems like just yesterday we, we, we saw the fire and the devastation created. It's it's really hard to believe we're a year away from it being reopened. Yes, and that everything is on track. We have been tracking this. We've been talking about it on the Morning Blend for five years now. And uh, oh, it looks like it is going to be an incredible event. So the choir master, again, already nervous. He wants to do a good job, he says. Very exciting. Closer to home, on the heels of the historic and contentious teacher strike, Portland Public Schools announced Monday that Superintendent Guadalupe Guerrero will be stepping down early next year. According to Portland Public Schools, Guerrero told the board Monday that he will not be seeking a third contract extension and his final day will be February 16, 2024. Guerrero has been superintendent of the district for seven years. His tenure at the helm of PPS will be marked by the first ever teacher strike that wiped out classes for all of November 2023. The PPS Board of Leadership shared that in the coming days they'll begin their search for an interim superintendent. 
Governor Tina Kotek and the Portland Central City Task Force have released their action plan to revitalize downtown and tackle some of the city's biggest issues. Kotek and other leaders presented their set of 10 recommendations Monday morning at the 21st Annual Oregon Leadership Summit. The task force was launched in August with the aim of better addressing issues like homelessness, public safety, drug use, and crime. There are 10 priorities outlined by the task force, which expects to start carrying them out in early 2024. They include the state of Oregon, Multnomah County, and the city of Portland to each declare a 90-day emergency on fentanyl, sustained and increased daytime services for homeless people and expand access to public bathrooms and hygiene services, extend additional police presence from the Portland Police Bureau and Oregon State Police in Central City into 2024. In sports... The NFL rarely schedules two games to compete in the same primetime slot, but on Monday Night Football last night, the double booking added to a tension-filled evening. It was very exciting. The Tennessee Titans pulled off a stunning comeback win, topping the Dolphins 28-27, while the Giants made a field goal on the final play of the game to beat the Packers 24-22. And in Monday Night Football next week, there will only be one game, but it will be in Seattle as the Seahawks host the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, a mysterious respiratory illness is plaguing dogs across the country and has made its way to Washington State. Expert advice is to keep your dog away from other dogs as much as possible, but this comes as dog owners prepare for holiday travel. As of December 1st, 16 cases were submitted to the Washington State Department of Agriculture. Of the 16 reports, two cases have met the criteria for Washington's determination of an atypical canine infection respiratory disease. Now, dogs in the two confirmed cases in Snohomish and Clark counties are recovering. Now, Dr. Sarah Guess, a professor in the small animal internal medicine department at Washington State University, encourages dog owners to avoid dog parks and other places where respiratory diseases can be transmitted between dogs. So this is kind of serious. They think it's a novel virus. We know what novel virus means. We heard it before. It's brand new. It's a brand new virus. They don't have uh, an identification of it yet. They said the best way to keep your dog safe, keep them updated on your vaccine. And if they do go to a dog border, make sure that the boarding facility is doing everything it can to protect their dogs. And it's a clean facility. Brenda, I, there's a dog park right by my house, and it, it, on the weekends, it's packed. I mean, mm-hmm. it is packed. There are dozens and dozens of, of dogs and their owners out there getting their exercise, and that's very disconcerting. Yeah, so prepare, you know, take care of your dogs. We love them so much. Since 1531, the world has been blessed with the miraculous image of Our Lady of Guadalupe gracing the Tilma of St. Juan Diego. Maybe we presume that that image will always be with us, and God willing, it will. But it's important to keep in mind that originally no one expected the miraculous image to remain indefinitely. After all, the plant fibers of St. Juan Diego's Tilma ordinarily would last for a total of maybe 12 years before they disintegrated, but they haven't. And that's only augments the miracle of Guadalupe. 
The unfathomable privilege of possessing Our Lady's own image is one that we must never take for granted. In fact, sermons in these centuries after the apparition warned the faithful against just that. They stress that if the people did not take full advantage of the blessing of the Guadalupan of living holy li- by living holy lives, then the miraculous image might vanish just as suddenly as it had appeared. Now, Our Lady of Guadalupe's steadfast presence for nearly 500 years is a tremendous gift for mercy. Now, Father Francisco Carrion sums it up in a sermon preached back in 1707, where he said, Mary's coming down from heaven and remaining sacramented her on earth and hidden among humanity until the end of the world. And why? I will tell you why. In order not to leave us alone on earth. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Well, today you can celebrate Our Lady of Guadalupe all day long at Holy Cross Parish here in Portland. They have an early morning mass and an evening mass. Throughout the day, there will also be mariachi band singing, Aztec dancers, and prayers of the rosary. Wow. Sounds like a great, great day for sure there. Many other places, too. I know the Grotto has some events as well. So please check your local bulletin to see what's going on at your parish. And remember, you can find all the details on this event and so many others. Just head over to the community calendar at matradayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Brenda, did you see the movie Father Stew? I certainly did. It is quite a stirring movie, but uh, real life is even better. And we've got Father Bart Tollison joining us next from the Diocese of Helena with his new book, This Was Father Stew. We'll hear directly from somebody who knows very intimately Father Stew. That's just ahead after we check the beautiful weather forecast for this feast day at Mater Day Radio. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Please join Mater Dei Radio and Father Matt Libra from St. Rose of Lima Catholic Church in Portland, Oregon in praying the St. Andrew Christmas Novena. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail and blessed be the hour and moment in which the Son of God was born of the most pure Virgin Mary at midnight in Bethlehem in the piercing cold. In that hour, vouchsafe, I beseech thee, O my God, to hear my prayer and grant my desires through the merits of our Savior Jesus Christ and of his blessed mother. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This novena is traditionally prayed 15 times a day, starting on St. Andrew's Feast Day, November 30th, until Christmas Eve. For more information and to find more of your favorite Catholic prayers, please download the free Hail Mary Media app onto your smartphone. 
Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Jeff Kane at North Point Bank in Vancouver. North Point Bank brings value to customers through client-focused home loan programs, including new construction, renovation options, financing for rental properties, and more. Learn more at northpoint.com. That's northpoint, P-O-I-N-T-E, dot com. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. This is Archbishop Alexander Sample of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, inviting you to join me for the Voice of the Shepherd. I always look forward to our time together to discuss issues that matter most to our families and to the church. Catch the Voice of the Shepherd with Portland Archbishop Alexander Sample and me, Dina Marie, your host, each Tuesday night at 7.30, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, and Sunday morning at 7.30 on Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. It's the Morning Blend with Brenda and Pat, 7.42. What a day. Boy, the sun is coming up. It makes you feel good to be alive. Mostly sunny with a high near 48. A little breezy. Winds up to 25 miles an hour this afternoon. Partly cloudy with a low of 39 tonight. Then the rain rolls back in tomorrow night. Cloudy with a high of 47 and a 50% chance of rain. Hey, enjoy the sunshine right right now. That's what we've got. Currently, it is 36 degrees at St. Joseph's Catholic Church down in Salem. And with the sun coming up, it's 41 at St. Matthew Catholic Church in Hillsboro. Could a book about Father Stuart Long be better than the movie? Well, you can decide after reading a new book by Father Bartolis entitled, That Was Father Stu, A Memoir of My Priestly Brother and Friend. Father Bart was close friends with the boxer-turned-priest. Now many of us saw and appreciated the portrayal of Father Stu by actor Mark Wahlberg in last year's movie. But Father Bart, he provides a unique behind-the-scenes account of Father Stu's incredible life. This book is now available from Ignatius Press. And Father Bart is joining me this morning to tell us more about his friend. Good morning, Father Bart. Thank you so much for joining the Morning Blend today. Good morning. Good to be with you. Father, as we were preparing for our interview, I shared with you how much we in the area had been following this story and the movie as it was being made because Father Stu went to seminary just down the road at beautiful Mount Angel. Now, when did you meet Father Stu? So I met Father Stu when we were both in third theology, which is you know four years of, of a graduate seminary. So we would be the third year. And he was at Mount Angel, of course, and I was in the midst of transferring from the Diocese of Dallas as a seminarian. I had family that had moved to Montana and had discerned to, to come to Montana to be a priest here. And so I was in that process. And as I was doing that, I was like, I want to meet a seminarian for Helena. You know, I, I knew a lot from Dallas, but I wanted to meet one from Helena. And I had a mutual friend who was studying at Mount Angel and uh, asked if he knew anybody. He said, well, here's uh, Stu Long's email. So I emailed Stu. We started a correspondence uh, via email, and we didn't meet face-to-face until the summer of 2006. Father Bart, both the movie and your book show Father Stu was a bit of a bad boy in his early life. Breaking the rules seemed to come naturally to him. I can appreciate that. I think I have a child like that in my own house. Stu would always say, I'm not breaking the rules. I'm making the rules. Oh, (laughs) 
Okay, I better not let that one in my house hear that line at all. Now, you know, but sometimes, again, just people like that, and we all know them, parents can point them out even in their own household. Sometimes those things are just naturally a part of a person's upbringing. Did some of those qualities, kind of some of those, I like to break the rule qualities, endure after he was ordained? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) And they probably got enhanced after he was ordained. So I know Bishop Thomas uh, used to joke that, you know, I I, I believe ordaining Stu was absolutely the right decision to make despite his illness. But boy, did he give me an earful as soon as he was Father Stu. So, Ah, that's funny. Well, there is hope then. Uh, Holiness can be found in every person, even those, you know, honorary little ones that you might be caring for. Joining me today is Father Bart Tolleson. If you are just tuning in, Father Bart is an author of a new book about his friend, Father Stu Long. The title of the book is That Was Father Stu, A Memoir of My Priestly Brother and Friend. Well, we talked about some of those little honorary behaviors that he had, and even throughout his own suffering, he still wanted to look after the needs of others so much so. Yeah, he broke out of his nursing home to care for others. You share a little bit about that story in your book. Tell us about it. Well, once he discovered that he could get his wheelchair to the hospital uh, and not have to get in a, a van to go over there, he just started doing that all the time. And he really wasn't supposed to be coming and going where he lived, but he didn't care. And it was like, I got to go to the hospital. So he just went. And, you know, if it was bad weather, there was once he got stuck in the snow for a considerable period of time, it was sub zero temperatures. And, you know, he, he almost really got injured there. And there was some grace that some guys came along and pulled him out. And then from there, he would go sometimes to other care facilities in the area in his wheelchair. And once he even, he even drove his wheelchair down to Wendy's to go through the drive through. So, <laughs> Uh, again, more of those uh, little honorary qualities that he always carried with them. Father Bart, we all suffer in this world, and Father Stu suffered so much because of his illness. Now, rather than just wallow in his own misery, as you said, maybe just stay held up in a nursing home and let other people take care of him, he chose to use his suffering for the salvation of souls. In what ways did he really just let that suffering be a pathway for other people to grow in holiness? You know, one of the sufferings Stu had, he was so independently minded, was actually having to let other people take care of him because he always wanted to do it himself. And as he, you know, lost the ability to to walk and, and move his arms and eventually people had to do everything for him, feed him and put his clothes on. And that for Stu, that was almost the same amount of suffering as, you know, his kind of fading body. And God really used even that to break his pride to say, you know, I'm humble enough to ask someone to scratch my head because I can't do it. And it was pretty profound to watch that uh, transformation over the years of Stu becoming more and more humble and as a result, more and more uh, strong in his faith and in his priesthood. Father Bart, your friend, Father Stu, he died in 2014. And in those years that you knew him, and especially in the years since he's died, how's he continued to inspire you to grow in holiness? Well, he's he's taught me not to to complain when things are tough, and uh, that's been a lesson that's ongoing. Uh, And also, I think, to always have hope. Stu was always focused on 
in, in people's own misery, bringing them hope. And so I think, you know, getting Stu's story out there now since his death, particularly with the movie and, and now the book, is for people who are struggling or starting to lose hope or starting to lose faith, whether it be, you know, in the direction of the world or direction of the country or direction even of the church, that they would remember that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. And there is always hope, even in the midst of misery and suffering and trial and tragedy. Father Bart Tolleson is joining me today. He's sharing a little bit of insider information about his good friend, Father Stu Long. The name of a new book he re- recalls more of this was, that was Father Stu, a memoir of my priestly brother and friend. Father Bart, do you think, you know, looking now that this movie has been made, do you think Father Stu would have gotten a kick out of knowing that his life was portrayed by the actor Mark Wahlberg? I think that Father Stu handpicked Mark Wahlberg <laughs> from his position to play him. It was like, this guy's a lot like me. Uh, this guy needs a good project to work on, and I'm going to put it in his purview. But almost like everything Stu ever did, it, you know, it would take time. And Stu was kind of slow moving sometimes uh, in his uh, direction, and certainly getting the movie made took a lot of time uh, from the time they announced it to the time it actually came out. Yeah, you share a little bit about that in the book. Kind of tell our listeners a little bit about how that all came about. Yeah, so uh, Father Ed Benioff, a good friend of Stu's, uh, who was a, a priest in Los Angeles, had Mark Wahlberg in his parish, and they were out to something. And and uh, Ed, Father Ed started pitching the idea about Stu's life to Mark, and Mark initially was kind of reticent. But the more he talked about Stu, the more interested Mark became, I think, because it it mirrored in many ways his own life, uh, some of his own struggles and trials. And so Mark decided he would uh, buy the option on Stu's life and, you know, contacted Stu's dad and the family and began to to do interviews and, and get notes. And they went through, I think, two or three or four different screenwriters and people trying to put it together, and they just couldn't get it right, and Mark wasn't happy with it. And finally, when uh, Mel Gibson had suggested that they use uh, Rosalind Ross and let her have a try at the script. She finally got all those pieces connected in a way that it, it really worked and reflected Stu well and stayed on focus with what Stu's life was all about. And so, uh, you know, it was, that was six years. I mean, and then they announced it kind of as a surprise. In fact, I started the book before the movie was even announced because I was talking to Bill Long and he said, I don't think there's going to be a movie. There's just no movement. It's, it's, it's Mark's got all these other projects we hear that he's working on and, so we all thought, well, there won't be a movie. And I was like, I don't want to lose my memory of this guy's life. It's too phenomenal. And so I need to write some of it down and do something. And so I'd written a draft of the book and then uh, kind of put it on the shelf, so to speak, for a little bit. And then uh, all of a sudden, one day in March 2021, they're announcing we're we're going to start the production and fathers do the movie. I called it Bill and I go, did you know this? And he goes, what? No, I didn't know that. Uh- so, Pretty quickly thereafter, they they contacted us and said, "Hey, hey, hey, we're we're going forward. We're really excited." And so, but it came as as, as a bit of a surprise, kind of out of nowhere. And uh, certainly wanted to support them while they were doing this. And and Mark Wahlberg worked really, really hard at getting the movie made and promoting it. And he really put himself out there. I uh, was really impressed with all of his efforts. Oh, well, it was a wonderful movie. But I think, boy, the real life story that you've put together 
even better. And thank you so much for just bringing to life and reminding everybody about the wonderful life of your friend, Father Stuart Long. And thank you again for your time today. Father Bart, before we go today during this Advent season, can I ask you to end us in a prayer and your priestly blessing? Certainly. May Almighty God bless and keep all listening in this beautiful season of Advent to draw us closer to the coming of Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And i like to end, but fathers do pray for us. Ah, pray for us indeed. Father Bard, thank you again so very much for your time today. 753 at Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. On this feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe, we are celebrating, and uh, boy, we are celebrating with a beautiful day mm-hmm. outside. And I want to tell you, Brenda, we have got something very special tonight at 730. If you didn't catch it Friday, we aired it for the first time for our 34th birthday on Friday. But it is a wonderful presentation recorded live at the Grotto's Chapel of Mary by Opera Cecilia. It's Marian hymns, and uh, it's just an incredible presentation. It will uplift your soul, I promise you. And to celebrate the feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe, we've got that for you tonight. 7.30, Opera Cecilia, live from the Grotto's Chapel of Mary, here at Mater Dei Radio. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBBM Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. Healthcare sharing has been around for decades and began out of the Christian tradition of neighbor helping neighbor. That's the premise Solidarity HealthShare was built on. We're a nonprofit medical cost sharing ministry in which our family of members share in each other's eligible medical expenses. Solidarity HealthShare is not insurance, but an alternative way to pay for medical costs that adheres to Catholic Church teachings. We never share into medical care that goes against our morals. More information at SolidarityHealthShare.org. As we surpass three decades of broadcasting, all of us at Mater Dei Radio are thankful for the many blessings this special radio ministry provides to our Catholic community. To ensure that our faith continues to thrive in today's media, we hope you will consider including Mater Dei Radio in your estate planning. There are many estate planning options to choose from, but one way would be to include Mater Dei Radio as a beneficiary in your will. More information on estate planning is on our website at materdayradio.com. It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend on Mater Day Radio. Leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. 7.56 at Mater Day Radio. The Morning Blend with Brenda and Pat. And just ahead, well, we've got uh, the latest news on Capitol Hill. The president of Ukraine is there to stump for more funding. And with a special backup, we can pray for the unborn today. I'll tell you why Our Lady of Guadalupe is the patroness of the unborn. All of that coming up right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Colleen with Awaken Catholic and this is Awaken the Saint. 
Today we celebrate a Marian apparition, the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. It all started on a cold December day in the year 1531 in the future site of Mexico City. Juan Diego, a 57-year-old widower, was on his way to attend mass in a nearby barrio. As he walked by the hill called Tepeyac, he heard a beautiful melody like the singing of birds. Suddenly, a radiant cloud appeared on the hill with a beautiful Indian maiden dressed as an Aztec princess standing in its midst. Juan Diego was an Aztec Chichimec peasant who had converted to Catholicism. So when the maiden spoke to him, she used his native Nahuatl language. She identified herself as the Virgin Mary, mother of the most true deity, and instructed him to go to the Archbishop of Mexico and have him build a chapel where she stood. Unsurprisingly, the Archbishop did not believe him. So Mary appeared a second time and told him to go again to the Archbishop. This time, the bishop instructed him to ask the lady for a miraculous sign to prove who she was. Returning to the hill, Juan relayed the message to the Virgin, who agreed to offer a sign on the next day. However, that day, Juan Diego's uncle had fallen gravely ill, and instead of going to the hill, he stayed by his uncle's side. Then on December 12, 1531, Juan Diego journeyed to a nearby town to fetch a priest to perform the last rites for his uncle. In an effort to avoid the Virgin, he chose another route that did not go by the hill, but Our Lady intercepted him. When she asked him where he was going, he explained everything to her. She lovingly chided him for not having sought her help and assured him that his uncle had already recovered. She then instructed him to go up to the summit of Tepeyac and collect flowers. The hill, which was usually barren in December, was in bloom with Castilian roses, flowers that were not even native to Mexico. He collected the roses and the Virgin arranged them in his tilma so that he could present them to the Archbishop. When he arrived later that day and opened his cloak, dozens of roses fell to the ground, revealing an image of Our Lady of Guadalupe on the fabric of his tilma. The Bishop fell to his knees in astonishment and a chapel was built on Tepeyac Hill, which had been the former site of an Aztec temple and is now where the Basilica of Our Lady of Guadalupe stands. Our Lady came during a much needed time in Mexico. Most of the native people still worshiped the Aztec gods. There was no common language, so the people expressed themselves in artwork similar to hieroglyphics. And the image on the tilma told a story. The pregnant maiden was clearly royalty, standing above the moon with the sun emanating from behind her. Thus, she was more powerful than the Aztec gods of sun and moon. Yet she was not God herself. Her head was bowed and her hands clasped in prayer. And about her neck was a brooch with a cross. The message of the image resulted in the conversion of 10 million native Mexicans to Catholicism. Let's remember the Virgin's words to St. Juan Diego. My dear child, am I not here, I who am your mother? Are you not under my shadow and protection? Am I not the source of your joy? Are you not in the hollow of my mantle, in the crossing of my arms? Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us. And that is Awaken the Saint for our feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Now you can find more information about the lives of the saints and also to access our Advent resources by downloading today our free Hail Mary media app. You can also find lots of details on that at materdayradio.com. It's 8 o'clock. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky is in Washington today to meet with President Joe Biden and congressional leaders. A high-stakes visit at the White House said is coming at a critical time with additional Ukraine aid being debated on Capitol Hill. Zelensky arrived at the U.S. Capitol just before 9, meeting with senators. He was flanked by Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Minority Leader Mitch McConnell as they entered the room. He's also expected to meet with House Speaker Mike Johnson while on Capitol Hill. Later today, Zelensky and President Biden will also meet at the White House and hold a joint press conference. 
billions of dollars requested by the Biden administration to help Ukraine fight Russia's invasion, as well as to support Israel and Taiwan, are currently in limbo in a battle over immigration policy and the southern U.S. border. A leading Nigerian prelate has said that the very structure of the state in Africa's most populous nation is dysfunctional and not working. Despite fears, though, under the Muslim president and vice president, both of whom are Muslim, Bishop Matthew Kuaka of Sokoto said he's convinced the new administration won't instrumentalize religion. I can feel comfortable in their hands that being a Christian will not be a liability, he said. And the bishop made his remarks during a November 28th interview an ind- on an independent news outlet. And in the interview, Kuaka suggested that the Nigerian state needs to be dismantled and rebuilt. Referring to the new president and vice president, Kuaka said, my knowledge of them is enough for me to know that these are not people who will instrumentalize religion. They might have other flaws, but I can feel comfortable in their hands that being a Christian will not be a liability to me. And the lead suspect arrested in a record sentencing fentanyl bust in Portland last week appears to have been released from jail before prosecutors could file charges and subsequently failed to appear at a court hearing, according to court documents first reported by Willamette Week. The Multnomah County Sheriff's Office reported Friday that it had arrested three people in connection with Thursday morning raids on two locations, one in Portland, one in Oregon City, seized more than 52 pounds of powdered fentanyl from the Portland site and more than $30,000 in cash from the Oregon City site, among other items. Now, three suspects were booked into Multnomah County Jail, but court documents indicate that one suspect they believe to be the ringleader, Luis Funes, was released quickly, then failed to appear at a subsequent court hearing. Multnomah County Jail records show he was booked at 10.30 a.m. Thursday and released later that same day. His court records includes a pre-trial release assessment filed Thursday afternoon and a release agreement that states he must appear in person for a court hearing the following morning. A subsequent document filed Friday states he failed to appear at that hearing. A pregnant Texas woman who filed a lawsuit against the state over its abortion ban has left the Lone Star State to obtain the procedure after the Texas Supreme Court halted a district judge's ruling that would have allowed her to have one legally. Kate Cox, a 31-year-old mother from Dallas area who's 20 weeks pregnant, was granted an emergency order last week in her suit over the state's abortion ban, which was enacted after Roe v. Wade was overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court last year. It's believed to be the first of its kind to be brought since the landmark abortion decision was issued in 1973. Cox had filed suit against the Texas Attorney General's Office and State Medical Board after her unborn child received a fatal diagnosis. The Hollywood Spotlight was on Seattle for a community premiere of George Clooney's upcoming film, The Boys in the Boat. The famous actor and director was on hand for the event with wife Amal by his side. They were joined by producer Grant Hesloff and author of the book, Daniel James Brown, who wrote the book upon which the film is based. Also in attendance, Judy Rance-William, whose real-life father, Joe Rance, was one of the boys and the central figure in the film. 
The film recounts the against-all-odds victory of eight University of Washington rowers at the 1936 Olympics when they took home the gold by beating the Germans in front of Hitler. Clooney acknowledges there are many similarities between then and now in hopes that audiences will come away remembering one overarching message. I think we have to remind ourselves that we're a team. The Boys in the Boat is rated PG, opens in theaters nationwide on Christmas Day. I cannot wait, Brenda. You gave me that book yes. to read as I was traveling over the Thanksgiving holiday. Couldn't put it down. Yeah, it it's is a, written beautifully. Oh, my gosh. Dan Brown did a great job. Not that Dan Brown. Dan Brown from Daniel. Seattle. Daniel. We'll go Brown. by Daniel. Okay. And, and it was just a page turner, but so inspiring, the story. And, and then it's true. It's you know, a true that's the, story. That's what really makes it amazing. So I cannot wait for the movie. I, I think it's going to be uh, right on par with the book, right. judging by yeah. everything I'm Even, hearing. I think during share Father Henderson had mentioned that book as well, that they he was reading it and how inspirational, how they work together, all together, to almost become a single unit, just every part of them. Stroke. So, Stroke. That's right? it. <laughs> And in sports, the Portland Trailblazers, speaking of playing as a unit, well, they gave it all they had last night. Despite a strong effort against the L.A. Clippers and the City of Angels, the Blazers fell short, 132-107. to The guard trio of Anthony Simons, Shaden Sharp, and Scoot Henderson combined for 84 points, with the latter scoring a career-high 19. But despite hitting 47% on their threes, they couldn't find the defensive formula to slow down the Clippers, and they were led by 34 points with Kawhi Leonard. The Blazers returned to Rip City Thursday to start a stretch of eight out of nine games at the Moda Center. Hopefully that home cooking will help. They open things up with the Utah Jazz Thursday night. Today we celebrate the feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, who is the patroness of the unborn. Now, when Our Lady appeared to St. Juan Diego nearly 500 years ago, she came first and foremost as a mother, the mother of God and our mother. She said to Juan Diego, listen and let it penetrate your heart, my dear little son. Now, Our Lady of Guadalupe is quoted as saying to St. Juan Diego, don't be troubled and don't be weighed down with grief. Don't fear illness, anxiety or pain. Now, she spoke as his mother and the mother of an unborn baby, Jesus, when she appeared on the hill of Tepeyac in Mexico City in 1531. Her miraculous image imprinted on the saint's tilma or cloak shows her wearing a black sash, an indication of pregnancy in the native culture. So in 1999, Pope John Paul II established December 12th as the feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe, and he declared, this is our cry, life with dignity for all, for all who have been conceived in their mother's womb, for street children, for Guadalupe. Then nearly 20 years later in 2018, Pope Francis entrusted Our Lady of Guadalupe saying in particular those who are awaiting the birth of their children. Now, the website of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops features a prayer asking for the intercession of Our Lady of Guadalupe as the patroness of unborn children for every child at risk of abortion. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. On Wednesday at 
6 o'clock p.m. is the weekly Eucharistic Adoration, Confession, and Praise and Worship at St. Rose of Lima Church. The weekly Eucharistic Adoration is taking place. Daniel Oberreiter leads prayer through praise and worship music. There will be adoration and confessions available as well. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. And we are in the second week of Advent and time for a homily highlight. Father Randy Wong of St. Cecilia Catholic Church joins us next with that after we check your beautiful weather forecast at Materday Radio. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Day Radio and Monsignor John Syak with a morning blessing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we beg you for your blessing this day, knowing how good you are, and how you treat us not according to our sinfulness, but according to your mercy. We ask you to bless all the people listening, wherever they are, in their homes, in their cars, at work, and that you would give them the grace that they need to be holy this day. Yeah, you would send the Holy Spirit to them, send our Blessed Mother Mary to intercede for us. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MatraDayRadio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Holy Family Supply, Salem's Catholic Bookstore. Located at 421 Court Street Northeast in downtown Salem, Holy Family Supply has a wide variety of Catholic gifts for all occasions, including Bibles, rosaries, statues, and holy cards. Holy Family Supply current hours and days of operation are available by phone at 503-588-1071. I am Father Cedric Bizenia. I'm a passionist, religious, and a Catholic priest, and the host of Live With Passion. My motto is touching lives and saving souls. I hope you will tune in each week on Modern Day Radio, Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. It's designed to inspire and encourage you. It's real practical. Talk about real-life issues, things that people are going through. I'm so grateful that you're listening to Modern Day Radio. Don't just live, live with passion. It is 812 here at Mater Day Radio. Our dry weather continues to be the weather story of the week. Occasional patchy morning fog is likely, but mainly days are looking dry, especially today. We are starting with morning clouds, but those will clear out. We've already got a beautiful sunny morning here up on Sylvan Hill. Highs today reaching 51 degrees. Then overnight, we're going to cool back to the 40s. Then Wednesday, Mostly cloudy highs to 52 degrees, and it looks like rain is returning tomorrow night into Thursday. Right now, 41 at St. Cecilia Parish and School in Beaverton. And it is 38 degrees at St. Thomas Catholic Church in Camas. Need a recap of Sunday's readings? It's time for Homily Highlights on Mater Day Radio. 
And today's homily highlight from Father Randy Huang. He is the parochial vicar at St. Cecilia's Catholic Church here in Portland. I've, I've always had a curiosity when, whenever the seasons of Christmas and Advent or, or the season of Advent and Lent came around in which we kind of speak about this, our preparation for the coming of, of Christ at Christmas and, and then the resurrection at Easter. But then obviously we all know that Historically, those events have already happened, right? So why are all the readings and everything we do kind of almost, in, almost reflecting this, we are still awaiting something to come, right? Well, in a way, we are, right? God appears to us and comes to us in three ways. He comes to us in history. He came to us in history. He comes to us in mystery. And he comes to us in majesty. He comes to us in this setting in two respects. One, historically, Jesus has already come into humanity. He's already entered into the reality of our existence at his birth in Bethlehem through the Blessed Virgin Mary. But yet we profess in the creed that we, we, that we await the second coming of Christ when he comes to judge the living and the dead. And so our preparation in the seasons of Advent and Lent are to prepare us remotely, right, to look at the mystery of what is happening, right, the birth of Christ at Christmas, but more so to orientate us, to point us to the fact that Jesus is going to return and he's going to judge the living and the dead. He's going to judge us. But in this interim period here, God does not abandon us. He does not leave us. He does not simply come to do this one act of his suffering and his death and resurrection and leaves us to our own demise. He rather gives us himself in the mystery of the seven sacraments of the church. And so we are in this, in this period now, which I call the layover period, where he reveals himself in the mystery of the sacraments the seven sacraments of the church, and most significantly, to the sacrament of the Eucharist. The Archbishop has asked his priest to, over the course of the four weekends, the four Sundays of Advent, to preach on the gift of the Eucharist so that we can enter more deeply into the great gift that we are to receive at Christmas, into really the heart of our faith, the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist, where he desires to be with us, to strengthen us, and to heal us. And this all comes about the first action that God did by creating us. He creates us, but through the fault of Adam and Eve and their, their disobedience, sin enters in the world. And sin is that rupture between our relationship with God, our, our inability to see truly who we are, right, made in the image and likeness of our beloved Father, God, and in turn, who God is. That kind of understanding of us and God has been distorted through sin. But yet God has put into action his plan from the very moment of the disobedience of Adam and Eve. Through first Abraham, Moses, the prophets, the patriarchs. But kind of just to pinpoint one event that kind of foreshadows all of this is the event of the Passover in the Old Testament, when Moses is commissioned by God to deliver his people out of slavery in Egypt 
into the promised land. Right? The Passover itself is an image of the Passover of Jesus Christ on the cross. And the promised land that he desires for us that was, that was symbolized in Israel being the promised land is heaven. So you see the kind of the similarities there, that reflect the kind of mirroring of it there. At the moment of the Last Supper, right, which is the Passover feast, right, what happened at Passover? God commissioned Abra Moses to deliver his people out, and he made a pact with them and said, I will send the angel of death as a sign to Pharaoh right, to release them. But if you, if you go ahead and you kill this unblemished lamb and smear his blood over your doorpost, the angel of death who has been commissioned to kill all the firstborn sons will pass over your homes and will spare your children. Right? Blood of the unblemished lamb as a sign of God's fidelity to his people, a sign of his deliverance, his saving of them. That feast is celebrated annually through the Jewish custom of Passover. And Jesus, as a Jewish man, himself and his disciples, celebrated that same Passover on the night that he was to suffer. And we call that night the Last Supper. And in that, he institutes for us the gift of the priesthood and the, and the Eucharist, a continuation of the one saving action of God. And that is what we have at this Mass. It is the continuation of what was done on Calvary. It was started at the Passover feast, but completed on Calvary. Through his sacrifice, Jesus, who is God, becomes the unblemished lamb who dies for us. And through his blood, we've been made and given a pact of his promise, of his fidelity to us but also an invitation for us to enter into that relationship with him so that he can bring us to the eternal Jerusalem, which is where he is, heaven. And we anticipate going there. That is why we have all of these rituals. That is why we have these sacraments, is to prepare us to get there. And this gift here is given to us the gift of three elements the priest the sacrifice of the mass and the Eucharist we often speak of the Eucharist as simply what we receive right? the Eucharist in the host the Eucharist in the first blood of Christ but the church the church's understanding of the Eucharist is more comprehensive than that the understanding of the church on the Eucharist is the gathering of God's people and the celebration of the Mass. Jesus, on the night of the Last Supper, instituted his, his priest. And he says to them, do, the, do this in memory of me, commissioning his 12 apostles to do that one action of offering his body and his blood for the sake of the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so that those who go through him, do not perish. And he institutes it, and he tells them to do it, and they do. We have this evidence throughout historical documentation. We have the 12 apostles' book 
which is, are the writings of the Twelve Apostles during the first century, which has been passed down to us historically and is still held, which speaks about this coming together and offering the sacrifice of the Mass. But the sacrifice of the Mass is not one that we do as the Jews do weekly and daily for the sake of our sins, but rather is a representation of the one sacrifice of Jesus on the cross made present for us through the priest. And then through that, we are given the gift of receiving the body, the blood, the soul, and divinity of Jesus in the Eucharist. So there's three elements. Priest, sacrifice of the Mass, Eucharist. Those three elements are united and can never be divided. Without a priest, there is no sacrifice of the Mass. Without the sacrifice of the Mass, there is no Eucharist. We, as Catholics, are sacramental people, meaning that we come into contact with God through the sacraments, through that life in which God desires for us to live. That's why we're not, we're not able to worship virtually. We have to be in person because God is concretely here with us. We encounter him physically through the Eucharist. And so in the season of Advent, as we are called by John the Baptist to prepare the way of the Lord, I invite you to worthily receive the Eucharist through going to confession, through the sacrament of the reconciliation, the sacrament of penance, confession, God desires to break away the, those barriers and those blockages that allow us to have a real relationship with him. And removing those, those barriers and receiving the Eucharist, we come into a perfect contact and relationship with the God who desires to love us. But he can't love us unless we, end, unless we open ourselves to allow him to come in. There's no sin great, greater that God cannot forgive. God is one that is loving and merciful and desires for us to be with him. I invite you the season of Advent as we approach closer and closer to Christmas to be reminded of his great love for us. He so loved us that he gave his only son. And the son is the Messiah, the one who is to come to save us, to bring us to eternal life, to the eternal Jerusalem. And he starts with us in this great gift of the sacrament of the Eucharist in which we are about to partake, which is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord. And that is today's homily highlight from Father Randy Wong. He is the parochial vicar at St. Cecilia's Catholic Church in Beaverton. If you'd like to listen to that again or any of our great locally produced shows, head over to Mater Day Radio. That whole homily highlight is going to be made into a podcast. You can listen to the whole thing again. Remember, you can find those details at materdayradio.com. And don't forget, coming up on our Tech Tuesday We've got a drawing for two sets of tickets to the two two sets two wow is that what we said yeah I can't I cannot <laughs> wait.
<laughs> so stay with us. We got still great show coming. How do I get them, Brenda? That's the thing. How do I get those All tickets? All right. Well, you need to go onto our Facebook page or Instagram page. You've got to like Matra Day Radio, and that will automatically enter you into the drawing for today. So don't waste. Support for Matra Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Modern Day Radio's Leadership Circle connects through all source communications. Is a technology upgrade in your company's future? All Source Communications is an independent, local telecom brokerage specializing in internet and phone systems. Connect today at allsourcecommunications.com. That's allsourcecommunications.com. Or call 503-967-4887. For All Source Communications, connecting Monterey Radio's leadership circle. I am Father Cedric Bizenia. I'm a passionist, religious, and a Catholic priest, and the host of Live With Passion. My motto is touching lives and saving souls. I hope you will tune in each week on Modern Day Radio, Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. It's designed to inspire and encourage you. It's real practical. Talk about real-life issues, things that people are going through. I'm so grateful that you're listening to Modern Day Radio. Don't just live, live with passion. The Morning Blend. Check out our podcast at materdayradio.com. 826 in the Morning Blend with Brenda and Pat on this beautiful, sunny feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And just to hand, bomb threats being investigated by the FBI here in Oregon. We'll tell you all about that next. And it's been five years since the fire at Notre Dame, but now the countdown is on. For a grand reopening. I'll have that story for you coming up in three minutes. This is Dana Catherine with Beautiful Love. And you are listening to The Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. It's getting harder to separate when you're farther. I feel out of place, out of place. It's like your gravity is beckoning, begging me to stay. Beautiful love, your beautiful, beautiful, beautiful love, your beautiful, beautiful, beautiful king of all history. Your own mystery, and I can't keep away from your beautiful
Dana Catherine with Beautiful Love. It is 8.30 right here at Mater Day Radio. The FBI is investigating several bomb threats made to rural Oregon schools on Monday. The affected districts were Colton, Corbett, Central Lynn, Cascade, and Arlington. The FBI is aware of several threatening email messages that were recently sent to various Oregon schools, airports, and houses of worship, according to Kieran Ramsey, special agent in charge with the FBI. While the FBI has no information to indicate these threats are credible at this time, public safety agencies can never simply discount such threats as a nuisance. Two Portland-area synagogues were also targets, according to the Jewish Federation of Greater Portland. Congregations Neva Shalom and Beth Israel received emailed threats yesterday. Portland police cleared both buildings and deemed the threat not credible, according to Regional Security Director Jessica Anderson. When flames tore into Notre Dame in 2019, people who worked in the cathedral felt orphaned. But as the world-famous Paris landmark reopened, reopening draws closer they are beginning to picture their return to the place they call home and are impatient to breathe life back into its repaired stonework vast spaces the restoration of notre dame hits a milestone on friday one year until the cathedral reopens its huge doors to the public on december 8 2024 French President Emmanuel Macron donned a hard hat and toured the fenced-off reconstruction site where stonemasons, carpenters, and hundreds of other artisans are hammering away to meet the 12-month deadline. When their job is done, they will hand over to Notre Dame's priests, employees, choirists, and worshipers. The preparation for the reopening are incredible, and Henry Chalet, the principal choir conductor, already has butterflies at the thought. On the heels of a historic and contentious teacher strike, Portland Public Schools announced yesterday that Superintendent Guadalupe Guerrero will be stepping down early next year. According to the Portland Public Schools, Guerrero told the board Monday that he will not be seeking a third contract extension and his final day will be February 16, 2024. Guerrero has been superintendent of the district for seven years. His tenure at the helm of PPS will be marked by the first ever teacher strike that wiped out classes for all of November 2023. The PPS Board of Leadership shared that in the coming days, they'll begin the search for an interim superintendent. 
Governor Tina Kotek and the Portland Central City Task Force have released their action plan to revitalize downtown and tackle some of the city's biggest issues. Kotek and other leaders presented their set of 10 recommendations Monday morning at the 21st Annual Oregon Leadership Summit. The task force was launched in August with the aim of better addressing issues like homelessness, public safety, drug use, and crime. There are 10 priorities outlined by the task force, which expects to start carrying them out as early as 2024. Some of them include the state of Oregon, Multnomah County, and the city of Portland each declare a 90-day emergency on fentanyl, sustained an increased daytime services for homeless people, and expand access to public bathrooms and hygiene services. In sports, the Portland Trail Blazers put forth a strong effort last night against the L.A. Clippers in the City of Angels, but fell short, 132-127. to The guard trio of Anthony Simons, Shaden Sharp, and Scoot Henderson combined for 84 points, with Henderson scoring a career-high 19 points on 8 of 16 shooting. But despite the Blazers hitting 47% on threes, they couldn't find the defensive formula to slow down the Clippers, who shot 55% from the field and were led by 34 points from Kawhi Leonard. Blazers return to Rip City and hope to get some home cooking that'll help them on Thursday as they start a stretch of eight of nine games at the Moda Center, beginning with the Utah Jazz. A mysterious respiratory illness is plaguing dogs across the country and has made its way to Washington State. Experts advise to keep your dog away from other dogs as much as possible, but this comes as dog owners prepare for holiday travel. As of December 1st, 16 cases were submitted to the Washington State Department of Agriculture. Of the 16 reports, two cases have met the criteria for Washington's determination of an atypical canine infectious respiratory disease. The dogs in two cases confirmed in Snohomish and Clark counties are recovering. Dr. Sarah Guest, professor in the Small Animal Internal Medicine Department at Washington State University, encourages dog owners to avoid dog parks and other places where respiratory disease can be uh, transmitted between dogs. Veterinarians also said to make sure your dog is up to date on vaccines like Bordadella and parrot influenza. Common symptoms of a respiratory tract illness are coughing, sneezing, and a discharge from the nose and eyes. And Dr. Karn says if you see those, to call your vet and take recommendations for your next step. Since 1531, the world has been blessed with the miraculous image of Our Lady of Guadalupe gracing the Tilma of St. Juan Diego. Maybe we presume that image will always be with us, and God willing, it will. But it's important to keep in mind that originally no one expected the miraculous image to remain indefinitely. After all, the plant fibers of St. Juan Diego's tilma ordinarily would last for a total of maybe 20 years before they disintegrated. But they haven't, and that only augments the miracle of Guadalupe. The unfathomable privilege of possessing Our Lady's own image is one that we must never take for granted. In fact, sermons in the centuries after the apparition warned the faithful against just that. They stress that if the people did not take full advantage of the blessing of the Guadalupana by living holy lives, then 
the miraculous image might vanish just as suddenly as it had appeared. In fact, Father Francisco Carrion, he summed it up in the sermon preached all the way back in 1707, where he said, Mary's coming down from heaven and remaining sacramented her on earth and hidden among humanity until the end of the world. And why? I will tell you why, he said, in order not to leave us alone on this earth. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. This Friday at 6 o'clock p.m. is evening of encounter for young Catholic adults at Mount Angel Abbey. Young adults ages 18 to 35 are invited to a night of prayer, dinner, spiritual reflection, and fellowship with other young adults and the Mount Angel monks prepare for the coming of the Lord at Christmas. You can RSVP by tomorrow, December 13th, and $10 suggested donation will cover the cost of dinner. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, matradayradio.com, and the Hail Mary Media app. And Sarah Kinsey, our digital media manager with Matraday Radio, is in next. Oh, it's exciting, Brenda. We're celebrating the feast day with not one, but two family sets of six tickets for the Grotto's Festival of Lights. Sarah's going to draw the winners next. Plus, we'll get the inside scoop on our Roundup email going out today. And check that beautiful weather forecast next at Matraday Radio. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Psalm 1, verse 1 says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. What does that mean? Don't hang around with bad people? No, according to G.K. Chesterton, it means something much better than that. He says that there are certain people who, because they are really pure, create a good atmosphere around themselves. They are truly children of light, and the light shines on everything they touch. When a righteous person stakes out a clear position, we recognize that it's something solid and vital and eternal. So it's not that hanging around bad people makes us bad, it's that being righteous can help make the people hanging around us righteous too. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. Holy Family Catholic Clinic is a proud member of Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle. Located at 21810 Willamette Drive in West Lynn, Holy Family Catholic Clinic is Christ-centered and provides superior, compassionate, life-affirming health care to patients of all ages. Holy Family Catholic Clinic offers medical services that are in adherence to Catholic moral teaching and bioethics, honoring the sanctity of life from conception to natural death. Learn more at holyfamilyclinic.com. That's holyfamilyclinic.com. This is Archbishop Alexander Sample of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, inviting you to join me for the Voice of the Shepherd. I always look forward to our time together to discuss issues that matter most to our families and to the church. 
Catch the voice of the shepherd with Portland Archbishop Alexander Sample and me, Dina Marie, your host, each Tuesday night at 7.30, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, and Sunday morning at 7.30 on Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. 841 at Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Brenda, that sun is streaming through the window. I'm putting on sunglasses. <laughs> I'm going to need them too. I love it. This is fantastic. Sunny today, high up to 51. A little breezy. The wind's out of the uh, northeast at 25 miles an hour. Partly cloudy tonight, low 39. Then tomorrow, clouds roll in. High 47. We could see rain back tomorrow night after 10. 50% chance of rain. I was going to watch those Geminids, you know, and I think it's going to block the uh, the view of that that show tomorrow night. So oh. uh, disappointing to hear that, but we'll take the sunshine now, right? That's right. Well, always, right? That's why it's called the present. <laughs> there you go. Uh, currently, it is 39 degrees at the St. Vincent de Paul Center in Vancouver. And it's warmed up to 42 at the National Sanctuary of Our Sorrowful Mother, the Grotto in Portland. And speaking of the grotto, mm, we've got some tickets for you. That's right. You know, as the sun is coming in through the window up here, it's casting this beautiful heavenly go- glow over Sarah Kenzie, our <laughs> digital media manager here at Mater Day Radio, our digital disciple yeah. here at Mater Day Radio. Good morning, Sarah. Thanks so much for being with us this morning. Good morning. I'm happy to be here. I love the sunshine. <laughs> I do too. You are not going to hear me complain at all. So we have been kind of, since last week, we have been talking about people who have gone to our Facebook page or have followed us on our Instagram page. And well, we want to thank them for coming through and following up with that because they've got some good chances to win right now. Uh, were people like, did they do both? Did you find that there were the same names or were they different people? Who they were used- different people. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, we got got a few people uh, in on each one. And uh, yeah, we're just excited. Uh, people get excited about these grotto tickets. So <laughs> I get excited about the different posts that you put on Mater Day Radio on our Facebook page because there are great prayers and, and uh, links to our shows. But then there's always something just a little funny that makes sure we don't take ourselves too yeah. seriously. <laughs> that just really puts us in the right joyful mood. So it's really wonderful. And of course, on Instagram, Oh, just again, great links, great photographs. You just have a, a great eye for that. So what? Oh, thank you. Which one are we going to draw first this morning? We're going to draw from Instagram first. So okay. are, are we ready? Can I, I've been looking forward to this. Okay. Okay. Ready. All yeah. right, here we go. So in the studio, Sarah has actually written down all of the names. They're all folded up I like in a the, basket. I like the old fashioned, like <laughs> pull right. it out of a basket. And you pull it out of a basket. Okay. All right. So Queenie from our Instagram post, she is the winner of the Grotto ticket. Hey, so, Queenie. Congratulations. I like it. All right. So now we're going to go over <laughs> to our Facebook. Got a different set here. Okay. Facebook. Right. Let's, let's see who the winner is now. Six tickets, a family six-pack six of tickets, tickets to the Grotto's Christmas Festival of Lights from Facebook. Who's our winner, Sarah? We have Allie from fa- our Facebook post. All right, Allie. Yay. Awesome. Oh, we'll give them a little. Queenie and Allie. Yay. Congratulations. So they will be getting each a six-pack of tickets to go to the beautiful Grotto. Patrick, do we know who our choirs are this evening out there at the Grotto? Well, I, I was looking earlier, and 
We're going to look that up. We're going to tell you about Thank some you. of the I great places. Thank you. I closed the page. So. That's right. You know, tonight would be a great Several day. Several high schools I did notice had, had, had uh, appearances out oh, there. Tonight. Oh, very nice. I am amazed at how incredible these high school choirs are. And some of them, I mean, you think you are going to a grand hall listening to these incredible young voices to celebrate the season. That Chapel of Mary has acoustics for choir like you could not believe. So Heritage High School tonight. Oh, hey, I might know Southridge somebody. Southridge High School, Hood Community College. Oh, very nice. And Mark Morris High School Choir. So Okay. I did have the page open. I just uh, had the wrong tab up. Oh. <laughs> All right. Isn't that always the way? Oh, yes. <laughs> but I tell you what, when you get an email that's got everything in one page... That makes things good. And we've got a big email coming out today. Sarah Kinsey, our digital media manager, is with us telling us about the roundup that'll be going out this afternoon. Yeah, so I'm very excited. Uh, We've got some good content that's uh, coming your way. Um, I wanted to highlight, uh, you know, this next Sunday, we have Gaudete Sunday. It's already the third Sunday of Advent this upcoming (laughs) Sunday, which is crazy to me but um you know this is the sunday where we rejoice um and we light that rose colored candle that's right i was gonna ask oh i'm very careful i've worked in liturgy for a long time so i have i learned a long time ago there's nothing wrong with the word pink that is true there's nothing wrong with saying no but it's rose but it's okay i I, I mean you know i like i like the rose colored is very nice too a little more specific as well. So, yes. um, so for this um, Gaudete Sunday, uh, we have a beautiful episode of the Glory of the Mass. Um, I got to tell you, I was listening to that on my way over here, and it really helped me deal with traffic. I found myself a lot calmer and less stressed. And so, um, I'd encourage you to maybe, you know, if you're in traffic, put on an episode of the Glory of the Mass. I think that sacred music is very calming and very peaceful. And and um, Carrie's voice is just yes, uh, very, yes, very yeah. It fits the music perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so you just kind of, you know, your blood pressure kind of goes down. <laughs> uh, but he has a wonderful uh, selection, as always, uh, for this upcoming Sunday. So very excited about that. Sarah Kenzie is joining us today because we have got a great email that is going to hit your inbox this afternoon. She's joining us today. We gave away some tickets to the grotto and we're going to be talking about some of the highlights in that email today. So this one I need you to explain because you give us the notes of what we're going to talk about. Sure. And there is a double header, not in baseball, but in caroling. <laughs> yes. What is that? Well, this actually Deb was the one that came up with this uh, this term here. So uh, if you're looking for some holiday caroling um, this Sunday and, you know, express some of that joy. Um, There are two back-to-back caroling events in Mount Angel. Um, And I will probably be going to at least one of them. (laughs) Um, But first of all, there is caroling with the monks at the Benedictine Brewery. um, And they are going to start out with a taco truck around noon. (laughs) So tacos. And then at two o'clock, they start the caroling. So um, you get to go see that wonderful Benedictine brewery, hang out with the monks. They're so joyful and uh, sing some Christmas carols. And then later uh, that that evening at 5 p.m. Um, at St. Mary's Parish in Mount Angel, which is my home parish. Um, if you've never been there, it's just oh, a gorgeous mm-hmm. uh, Gothic church. Um, but they've been doing this for the last uh, several years uh, where they have a lessons in carols event in the evening. And actually they're encouraging people to bring if you have like one of those um uh battery powered candles you can bring it so it'll i think it'll be dark in the church and it'll just be gorgeous so um 
and this is just a beautiful uh, service uh, that's part of the Advent season. So, I went last year, and it just oh, you did? really okay. enhanced Advent. It just it, something about the lessons and carols is it's just so moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. You could be full of tacos when it starts. That's so. right. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. In fact, tomorrow we're going to have an opportunity to hear from Mark Dole. He's going to be giving us a little more detail about what is going on at that event at St. Mary's. I love that church. I love I, the. I like Mark's voice. He, I like that too. He calls me Brender. <laughs> and then lastly, in that email today, a beautiful uh, interview with Ken Helenus. That man knows a lot yes. about a lot. <laughs> yes, he, he really does. does. And we had a great conversation last Friday about St. Juan Diego. Today's feast day and his feast day, which was on Saturday, yes. they just go hand in hand. Absolutely. So because it's the feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, I thought it would be great to just revisit this uh, interview with Ken as he talked about St. Juan Diego ahead of his feast day um, and just you know gives us a beautiful reminder of that uh, the story um, of the apparition of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And um, it's just a, a beautiful thing to reflect on and uh Ken brought this out and the two of you reflected on that as well of just, you know, Mary being our mother and, and, and just that I, I, I think more than any other story for me, it just, that kind of really comes through in this one. Um, just how she, you know, she, she kind of hunts, uh, St. Juan Diego down when he's embarrassed about, you know, not being able to come through and, um, and he's just a wonderful example as well for us. Um, and so just encourage you to go listen to that on that, on this beautiful feast day. Boy, you're right. Am I not your mother? Am I not your mother? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I know what's here, going right? on. Am I not your mother? <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's all of our mothers. We also need some extra help from time to time for sure. What a great, uh, great interview. Patrick, you and I were talking at the open of the show, both you and I, Sarah, you probably do too. Just, I want to go. I oh, want to go and yes. see her. I understand there's that, uh, that uh, moving walkway in front so I could just stand there and just let it move me around. Now, Brenda, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that was the very first moving sidewalk ever was there really? at, the, at the shrine. I'm, wow. I'm, I may need to check that, but I, I somebody told me, a friend of mine from Mexico City told me it was the very first oh, moving very cool. sidewalk. And, you know, now every airport seems right. to have one, <laughs> they right? Have that. But, Our lady had it first. Yes, yeah, she, That's she right. had the original, right? <laughs> I'm going to be that person. If I'm in Mexico City, I'm going to be stationary. If you got to walk through that, you're going to have to walk behind me because I am not moving as I cross and forward. I'm going to take my time. And then the statistic, 12.5 million people visited the shrine last December. Wow. Just one month. Oh, that's incredible. incredible. Just one month. It's the most visited religious site on earth. Oh, I'd love to go someday. Could you imagine the party going on there right now? Wow. Oh, I can't I wait. A few tacos. Probably a few. <laughs> and uh, I can't wait for today's email, Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. And again, that is Sarah Kenzie. So please go to your email today, open that up and look and see what we have got for you. And if you do not get an email today or you don't get them, we'll head over to materdayradio.com. There's information on how you can sign up today. Support for Materday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. 
please join me, Father Peter Julia, the Vocations Director for the Archdiocese of Portland and Oregon, in praying the Our Father. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is Father Peter Julia, the Vocations Director for the Archdiocese of Portland and Oregon. To learn more about discerning your vocation, please visit archdpdxvocations.org. That's archdpdxvocations.org. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Ernesto's Italian Restaurant, a place to celebrate life's moments. Ernesto's offers full-service dining, banquet facilities for groups of 15 to 180, catering, takeout, and large order delivery, featuring traditional Italian dishes with Chef Marco's inspired modern entrees and weekly specials. Ernesto's Italian Restaurant, 8544 Southwest Apple Way on Beaverton Hillsdale Highway next to Jesuit High School. A great way to support Mater Dei Radio is through our Leadership Circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. It's the cup that refreshes the morning blend on Mater Day Radio. And it's the morning blend with Brenda and Pat. That last check of weather, mostly sunny today with a high up to 51, low tonight 39. A little bit breezy, the wind's gusting up to 25 miles an hour. Right now with the sun blazing, it's 42 here in Stumptown. And closing out our show today, this is Unspoken with Reason. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Happy Feast Day! This year's felt like four seasons of winter, and you'd give anything to feel the sun. Always raging, always climbing, always second guessing the timing. But God has a plan, a purpose in this. You are his child, and don't you forget. He put that hunger in your heart. He put that fire in your soul. His love is the reason to keep on believing. When you feel like giving up, when you feel like giving in, His love is the reason to keep on believing. If we could pull back the curtain of heaven, we would see His hand on everything. Every hour, every minute, every second, He's always been in it. Don't let a shadow of a doubt take hold.
for a minute What he started in you, yeah, he's gonna finish Put that hunger in your the reason at Mater Day Radio the bridge between your faith and everyday life we love our lady celebrating the feast of our lady of Guadalupe Brandel what a morning it's been a fantastic morning there is something it's either our lady or this beautiful sun that she has gotten for us on this beautiful day I'm not sure what it is but I am feeling fantastic this and I morning. bet Allie and Queenie are feeling fantastic today congratulations on picking up those tickets we'll have more to give away tomorrow so you can be at the grotto's Christmas festival of lights let's go celebrate let's have some of those tamales Brenda okay oh I think that would be mm. wonderful uh festive uh, food of the season <laughs> and we hope you have a very blessed day <laughs> 